The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. On this episode of the Nonprofit Happy Hour, we're spotlighting the work of Virtue Lab. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour in X-Ray FM. I am joined uh, by two of the leaders of Virtue Lab, uh, Joe Brickman is Deputy Director and Director of Impact Strategy, and Shamol Bajor is the Impact, sorry, Climate Impact Fund Fellow. Well, did I get that title correct? Yeah, you did. It's a mouthful. Thanks so much. Welcome to you both. Thanks. It's wonderful to be here. Now, Great to be here. This is a very different nonprofit for, for what we, we often interview. So Virtue Lab invest in entrepreneurs to solve climate crisis. That's right, yeah. We've been around since 2007 and uh, it's, it's sort of unusual for a nonprofit to be also an investor, but we have learned that business is a really great way to, to solve these problems or creating solutions. And um, the, the startups that we support are, are creating innovations that can, can solve some of the key problems that are causing the climate crisis to begin with. And we're also hoping to address some of the impacts. Yeah, so there's a lot to talk about here um, because uh, 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 how to solve climate crisis, what you choose in terms of a, of, of a business is, is interesting. Let me just start with some of the numbers though. So you have, uh, and these are your words, deployed, deployed over 7 million in capital uh, into nearly 60 companies, which is fantastic. So that's, that's um, I wanna start with, um, the 7 million, where does that money come from if you're a nonprofit? I mean, the, the, the traditional idea of a nonprofit is hat in hand to the funders, not, uh, not, not uh, hand on the pen and writing the checks. I think it's, a, it's a, a helpful time to be talking about what we call catalytic capital, which is um, capital that is sometimes sourced from philanthropy, sometimes sourced from government, um, but ultimately, it's capital that's really flexible um, in uh, in how it can be deployed, or spent, um, and and as an investment, it doesn't have as short a time frame for when uh, investors or donors are expecting to see a return, um, and and allows allows the investor, the impact investor like Virtue Lab, to to take risks that a typical commercial or you know, venture capitalist um, is, is not willing to take on because they're really just looking for that financial return. And, and so uh, just to be clear that the uh, companies that you're investing in, the entrepreneurs that you're investing in, those are not nonprofits. Correct. 
they are startup companies. Um, and typically they are very early stage, you know, two founders uh, often that have a really great idea, maybe some evidence uh, from a lab or early demonstration projects that, that the technology works. Um, so it's, it's not, uh, we're not investing on the startup market. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just to add to to add to that, I think our, our nonprofit status really lets us kind of focus on companies that are um, really technology heavy or very um, sort of hardware focused that are typically a lot of climate solutions that may have a difficult time accessing traditional capital where they might be, they might kind of need longer periods of time to prove out their technology and scale or um, because they're very technical, might be hard to understand in terms of the risks for traditional investors. And so our funding really comes at this critical time where they need that capital to kind of develop some of their um, prototypes, help them develop demonstrations, build out their teams, so that that kind of sets the stage for future funding opportunities. And so I think that's where catalytic capital and a nonprofit investor like Virtue Lab really is helpful for entrepreneurs. And I want to get to talking about some of the specific companies uh, and the, the process of selection. Um, I want to not jump ahead. I'm, I am still so fascinated by this idea that uh, you are a nonprofit. And um, just before we started talking, um, Joe, you said that you were, you were in the middle of writing a grant. Um, so you, you do some traditional nonprofit activities. Um, talk to me a little bit about that process of what foundations are funding you uh and then you know because the idea is it's interesting you're taking money from foundations and 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 donors and then putting that more into the into the for-profit sector yeah so um we could um, Shamol can probably speak better to the fund side of the house, um, which is the part that makes those direct investments into companies. Um, and but the the other uh, part of our operations, which is really um, built to provide the wraparound support for those companies, um, goes way above and beyond what a typical investor does to support their portfolio of, of businesses that they've invested in. And you know, a traditional fund model, will take some of the investment, some of the percentage of the investments and put that into, you know, covering the cost of staffing the fund to manage the manage the investments from a financial perspective and, and, and some of the staff to provide some degree of you know, board management, et cetera. But that's not that's that doesn't that percentage of our fund doesn't come close to providing the uh, kind of financial support that we need in order to um, support the companies at the level that we do. Uh, we have a lot that we do in terms of what's called technical assistance. It's really just, um, you know, our training, um, you know, helping coach companies through becoming a startup company uh, through our accelerator program. We have a, a Cascadia Clean Tech Accelerator, which is an 18 week kind of boot camp that, that goes every summer coaches companies through the process of you know, developing their financials and ultimately at the end they have their pitch deck that they can put in front of uh, of investors um, we have you know 
interns that we can place in startup companies to address a technology or or business challenge that they're facing. We have a program that helps them apply for federal funding um, from uh, a, a program that, the, that every federal agency actually makes these wonderful grants to support companies in doing technology development. Again, as Shmuel was saying, providing money that doesn't expect any kind of a financial return at a stage when no investor wants to go anywhere near them because the level of technology risk, the uncertainty that this thing is going to work is, is not acceptable to a typical investor. So, um, so the federal government, we really help them apply for those funds and um, have, have helped companies tap into over $11 million in federal funding to do that kind of support. So it's not just our money, but we're helping leverage money from other sources. And then Shamul, I don't know if you want to want to speak to um, on the on the fund side. Yeah, in in the in terms of the fund and the investments we make as well, our our goal really isn't to make the financial return. Um, we're really kind of focused on helping these entrepreneurs access um, resources, whether that's other funding sources or. Um, institutions that help them kind of develop these prototypes, build out a team and develop policies that help them scale and develop these businesses. And so, um, like Joe mentioned, we collaborate very closely with a lot of our other programs in terms of helping them measure their impacts, um, connecting them with accelerator programs, but also um, our focus throughout that process is to help them connect with other investors and to help them kind of set up a lot of future opportunities. I find this. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, just, I, I wanted to actually respond to a part of the question that, that you had asked about who the funders are. Can I can I speak to that real quick? Absolutely. So to fund that kind of work, uh, doing that wraparound support and and to um, be a, a field builder, we get funding support from um, Business Oregon uh, through the uh, Oregon Innovation Council, which is uh, lottery funded and. Um, really uh, transformative series of investments that have been made by the state since 2007 um, in a number of different signature research centers, um, where, which we are one of. Um, and that's been a, a huge part of how we've gotten started and, and what keeps us going. We also have had a number of grants from the federal government, from the Small Business Administration, Economic Development Administration, and Department of Energy. Um, and um, and then also private foundations. So um, you know, Shavol's position, this fellowship, uh, is funded in large part through the Meyer Memorial Trust, um, and uh, and they've also helped us to fund our some capacity building around diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is a huge part of our mission, um, ensuring that we have the, uh, you know an equitable uh, future and. Um, access to uh, you know shared prosperity for for our whole community and um, so this fellowship position is really designed to create opportunities for uh, for uh, emerging investors of color to uh, to engage in in what is really a niche and difficult to access um, professional field which is that of climate impact investing and you know promoting um, promoting that opportunity to a broader audience of individuals than might otherwise have accessed it. Yeah, I find this so fascinating because in, in, in so many ways, this goes against like the Hollywood version 
of you know a, a, a couple couple kids tinkering around with an idea in their in their dorm room or their garage and then suddenly they go and take it to the big investor but you guys uh virtue lab is filling that gap in some ways of of is it is it fair to call it like a a pre-investment stage incubator um is that on target or not really I think it's pretty on target. You know, I think the incubator has a lot of different meanings. And so I mean, <laughs> some people think of that as being a physical space, you know, where there's a lab and, you know, you know, instruments and things, but, uh, you know, incubation as an activity is really about fostering the growth of something, right? And we're absolutely doing that. We're fostering the growth of these companies. Joe Brickman is Deputy Director and Director of Impact Strategy at Virtue Lab, and Shamol Bajor is the Climate Impact Fund Fellow for the organization. We're going to take a quick music break. Now, you guys had an event recently that you're going to pull a song from? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's, let's, let's take a listen, and we'll be right back. Phil Bussey, it's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Joe Brickman, who's Deputy Director and Director of Impact Strategy at Virtue Lab, and Shamol Bajor, who is the Climate Impact Fund Fellow. Um, I want to talk about the companies. So we are talking before the music break, uh, the organization Virtue Lab invest in entrepreneurs to solve climate crisis. 
Now that's 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 a um, that's a very broad statement, but for a very specific job that Virtue Lab is doing. First off, I want to find out well, what why Portland? Why uh, Joe? You were talking a little bit about, uh, and I love this idea that lottery dollars in part are funding it. I love that 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 image of uh, um, people playing the lottery and that money is going into a clean clean climate change um, is wonderful. But why Portland? Is there a specific, is there more of a reason besides the funding was, was part of the mechanism? Yeah, I think, you know, interestingly, the, the roots of the organization are actually from the Business Oregon funding opportunity. That announcement came out and a group of interested individuals um, uh, from government and from uh, the university system came together to call for the creation of a proposal uh, to, to meet this um, Signature Research Center opportunity. And um, a wonderful leader that I'd love to give a shout out to is Jennifer Allen, um, longtime faculty member at uh, Portland State University, an economist who worked for the state for a number of years um, and then transitioned into academia. She gathered a bunch of different industry leaders, myself included from the architecture profession, uh, to talk about what would it look like to have a, a nonprofit organization that was focused entirely on bringing the innovative ideas out of the university system into the marketplace um, and helping to have that, you know, the translation of those concepts into into application. And um, through a series of events that Jennifer convened, uh, the, they put together an application for what was then Oregon Best. Um, and so why Portland? Probably because the leaders in Portland have, uh, you know, in the environmental movement and, and, you know, sustainable design and construction and renewable energy have, um, there, there's just been a long history of that. And so there was a lot of great, you know, raw material to work from here. Um, and, you know, to be clear, you know, we're based here, but we're we're working all across the Pacific Northwest. You know, we're working with companies in, you know, Alaska and British Columbia and Idaho and and, and Washington. So um, while we're based here, we, you know, we're, we're not only in Portland. And and Samal, you are, you are actually in New Haven, Connecticut. So you, you, um... Is that in part part of the uh, origin story playing out here? Is that you have uh, you were a graduate uh, student at Yale, and is that uh, the organization still keeping one foot in the academics, or is that just coincidental? Yeah, I think in in part that's um, coming from a place where the the fund is really trying to focus on supporting climate innovation across the country and Canada. And so our fund is has sort of a broader focus in terms of not just the industries that we're investing in, but also the regions. And so um, it kind of came at a, a good time for me as well, graduating from the environmental management program at Yale and also trying to look for investments across the country. And so that kind of lets our team be um, more nimble and kind of connect with entrepreneurs across the country. And so I really have the opportunity to um, meet with entrepreneurs on the East Coast and um, expand our investing activities. Now we have we have a few minutes left here and I really want to focus on the companies that Virtue Lab is investing in. And, and, and this is going to be a twofold question. I want to focus on the companies that Virtue Lab has invested in. And then I'm also uh, specifically interested in what is happening right now? What are, what are some of the trends 
that VirtuLab, and you certainly have such an interesting perspective, what are some of the trends that you're seeing of solutions that are emerging right now? But let's start with companies that VirtuLab has successfully supported. Uh, their growth and 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 even if if you remember the details, I would love to uh, have that story of of you know somebody showing up at your door, how they found out about you, and and what the pitch looks like. Yeah, I think that uh, this one is you're you're probably going to see us light up a little bit here because it's the reason why we do this, right? Um, it's a little bit hard to pick favorites amongst companies, um, but. Um, because it, it illustrates the, the storyline of these companies so well, I'm going to talk about energy storage solutions or ESS, um, which is based in Wilsonville. Um, and for maybe for some of your listeners, the, the technology itself might be a little um, tricky because it's, it's complicated, but it's, it's energy storage. Um, and it helps, uh, they have a, a really large battery like what a utility would use um, or a, you know, a major development um, might use. But um, it helps to address some of the problems associated with, um, you know, let's say timing of renewable energy when it's available. The sun isn't always shining um, and the wind isn't always blowing. And so you need energy at times uh, when, when those things aren't available. Um, there are many other reasons why energy storage is important um, to balancing out all of the different loads and, and demands on the energy grid. Um, but many of the battery solutions uh, that are out there are ones that have uh, a lot of you know, toxic chemicals or you know, rare earth materials. Like you're probably hearing a lot about problems around lithium. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but um, you know, lithium mining has huge impacts and, and you know, it's, it's hard to access. ESS's solution um, utilizes really basic materials. It's a, um, it's a um, iron essentially uh, and salt water. So um, it's uh, very, very basic um, chemistry, uh, inert and, um, and you know, not flammable or explosive like some other solutions. Um, we, we became aware of ESS uh, back in 2013 and um, helped to provide some uh, additional funds to support a project that was actually being funded by the Department of Energy. When the Department of Energy gives this kind of a, a grant to a company to develop their technology, they expect the company to bring matching funds of like 20% of the project needs to come from a different source other than the federal government. And it's really hard for some of these companies if, you, if you're talking about you know, a several million dollar project, it's, it's hard to find those funds. And so, we and several other um, organizations came together to provide those matching dollars um, back in the early teens. And this past year, they just had their um, initial public offering on the stock exchange through a, um, a SPAC, which is maybe a little bit too technical and maybe Shimul can speak to it, but um, that just speaks to the amount of time that these companies have to sustain themselves from when they have their idea and can demonstrate to, you know, somebody like the Department of Energy that has really rigorous technical standards to go from, from that stage all the way to that you have customers purchasing it around the world like ESS. Um, it takes a long time. Um, and so that's why, you know, the kind of support that we provide, not just funding, but also, you know, internships like we did for ESS um, and then some additional funding along the way, that's really key. 
Um, but, you know, that's at the extreme end in terms of, uh, you know, technical complexity. I don't know, Shamol, if you have uh, another sort of pet story you'd like to speak to that's um, that's a little bit different. Yeah, I think our, our most recent investment was um, was with this company that has innovated, that has developed a new coding um, material that's essentially used to coat heavy machinery and um, like landing gear and hydraulic presses. And that's typically the what's being used right now to coat these materials is extremely um, toxic. And that's what was popularized by the um, Aaron Brockovich case. And there's not a lot of existing solutions to it, but it's also something that's um, affecting the lives and the health of um, frontline workers and communities that are directly involved with these processes. And so this solution has really developed a non-toxic um, alternative to this at a time where it's crucial and regulation is pushing for it and really has kind of direct benefits to a lot of communities and a lot of individuals in this space. And this is kind of an example where um, the entrepreneurs that approached us had really um, a really inspiring story where they kind of grew up in Iran and had a really close relationship with um, the manufacturing industry there and developed this passion for um, solving this problem by seeing it firsthand affect their family members, um, but also being in a position where this climate technology wasn't necessarily the most glamorous solution to climate change. Um, and so that really um, was an inspiring story and a crucial time for us to come in and support their um, growth. And now they're um, set to kind of be approaching traditional investors and have more corporate um, partnerships. Jamal Bajor is Climate Impact Fund Fellow with Virtue Lab and Joe Brickman is the Deputy Director and Director of Impact Strategy. Uh, thank you both for, for explaining a, a bit about Virtue Lab. It is, it is fascinating. And I really like what you said, Shamol, about this not being maybe the most glamorous, um, but these are, are massive, massive solutions uh, to help solve climate crisis. And it's just so interesting, uh, the, the mechanism that you both have chosen and that Virtue Lab is using to address those. So thank you for taking the time to explain a little bit about what Virtue Labs and to introduce it to us. Thanks for having us. This has been the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in. 